This holiday season, send the gift that families across America have loved for over 100 years, Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code YUM into the search bar to get 74% off the family gift package, now only $49.99. Order now and you'll get over 30 items from hand-cut top sirloin steaks and kielbasa sausages to caramel apple tartlets. Go to omahasteaks.com, type YUM in the search bar, and add the family gift package to your cart. Inspiring and encouraging. A review by Fresh and Alive. About to embark on my own business venture for the first time at nearly 50. This podcast has given me some great ideas, tips and pitfalls. Like number one rule, don't get fixated on your idea, get fixated on your customer. Time to find my customer. Fascinating. Smile emoji face. That is our most recent review And if you are listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could head over to the iTunes app, leave us that five-star review and let us know why you listen to this show. On that note, let's get straight into it. So Adam, we had someone in the office, a young whippersnapper that reminded me very much of yourself. <laughs> to, to be honest, I'd love to be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Why is that? But at some points during that conversation, <laughs> it was just scary for me. Should we give some context to who we're talking about? Yeah, we're talking about a listener, actually, funnily enough, a listener of the show, Mitchell. Yep. So Mitchell has been listening to the show, and I know he listens to the show currently. And by the way, Mitchell, <laughs> if it's between working hours right now, get back on the phone and stop listening to this podcast. So. Mitchell is a listener of the show and has his own business idea and fired in a couple of questions. And on that note, guys, we do talk about this a lot, which is talk about taking action. Me and Harry don't know everything, but we've been able to take listener questions in and connect them with other people that can help. So if there is something that you're struggling with, email us in. It's currently, it's probably going to change in the future. It's just Harrison at experttrades.com two t's in the middle one s at the end limited edition t's coming soon on that one very soon uh, very soon so mitchell fired in a question and we went back and forwards and sort of got to know him a little bit and then he lives down south and he was actually coming up to meet some family and wanted to come by the office so he dropped us a line and said listen guys uh, i'm relatively local kind of come to the business and sort of see exactly what what we do check us out see in terms of our operation we're doing a podcast all that good yep. stuff um and this is sort of like a two-parter we're going to just drop a couple of minutes now just giving you a bit of context and then we're going to drop into an interview where i i speak to mitchell what were your thoughts harry when you came up let, let me just get you opened up with like the similarities like what what triggered that thought yeah i mean his whole i say backstory is only young and so his current story yeah. <laughs> is so much like um like yours like did the whole army thing wants to build this business so thought oh let me let me do the army let me build up a, a, a bankroll and then i can put it into the business um and then obviously we sat down and chatted with him and just just kind of the the attitude he has to like getting on the phone and selling or um, if i make 200 calls one person's going to say yes eventually like that whole thing is just so many things that, that he said and did it was like am, you, I, am it, i looking at adam right now <laughs> some and, weird time warp and just for everyone that's listening to the show in case you knew 
Uh, yes, Harry uh, works for Expert Trades and he's a colleague, but he's also been mm. my best friend for like, uh, I don't know, like 18 years now, 16 years, something crazy like that. So Harry actually knows me from like way back mm. when. So, so like you say, some of the stuff he was saying, I was like, that was not just what he was saying, like how he was saying it. I was yeah. like, wow, there's a certain degree of cockiness in that, yeah. <laughs> which, which is like fine line cockiness and confidence, which, which I liked. One of the comments is because he's sort of doing this cleaning business on the side right now. I was like, well, how you f-? I was talking to him about how he finds his customers. And I, I used to do door knocking, selling gas, electricity. And then he dropped one line. He was like, Adam, there's 400,000 people that live in Brighton. I'm going to knock doors all day. Someone's <laughs> going to say yes. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're yeah. going you're gonna, to you're gonna win at this. So what we did, because um, part of what we want to do on this show is connect with listeners. We've got our first startup diary event taking place yeah. on the 28th in partnership with uh, which is going to be awesome the awesome guys over Gymshark I think we've got 12 listeners coming together for that yeah um, and like, so motivating for, for me and Harry just to, to sort of be starting to build this real community mm. around what we do so we wanted to jump on the mics with Mitchell share his backstory is there anything else you want to add before we drop that in no I think uh, it's a it'll be a fascinating listen for, for people and um, and I can't remember how far we, we take the story, but just for some uh, apologies if I'm sort of repeating myself, but right now, as in like last week, Mitchell came up, uh, I made a passing comment, which has resulted in him actually doing a, a week or two's work for me as a trial. Yeah. And if that goes successful, he'll be getting a, a full-time job. And that just shows like whether it's with us or whether you've got some job you want to get to, just pick up the phone, write an email, make an introduction, just take some action, guys. Um, and it's genuinely amazing what can happen off the back of it. So on that note, there's enough of a, a preamble and a ramble from myself <laughs> and my co-host. Let's get into the conversation with Mitchell Fellingham. Mitchell, welcome to the Start to Die podcast. Just to get straight into it, mate, because we've already had this conversation off the mic like two or three times, you've been to the office, just give me your quick background story, and it doesn't need to be quick, because what you told us downstairs when you first came up is sort of the reason you're here today, and you're jumping on the phones for for Expert Trade, so let's dig into your background story, I think that's going to be the most interesting thing for the listeners of the show. Okay, Um, well, I left school at 16, Uh, I was going to join the army, like yourself. And that just just on that, that was one of the things. Like everyone that listens to the show that sort of knows my background, the similarities between I saw Harry smirking to me when you were telling your background story. Who's like, holy shit! Like, like sales, da 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 da, army. So yeah, sorry, I'm gonna rudely interrupt a lot um, just to <laughs> dig into stuff. But yeah, you joined the army. What was the motivation behind joining the army? Um, I, well, I thought you know, whilst posted abroad, there's not much chance of me spending much money. So I thought you know, I'll save up for four years, six years. Uh, come out by myself static caravan and then run a business from there so the mission is so when you left school the mission was always i want to be an entrepreneur i want to be a business owner and the army was just a means to an end it was the legal way to do it it was the legal it was (laughs) like that stay legal kids uh it was the legal way to make some money simple as that um and that was exactly my motivation when i actually went into the army I did that phase one training and I was surrounded by people that were like, I want to be here for queen and country, put a roof over my head and feed me and I'm here for life. And I was like, shit, I just want some money. And that was your same motivation. Essentially, yeah. Um, but obviously it didn't work out different, for different reasons. Yep. Um, I have mild eczema. So they basically just kicked me out before I started. Yeah. Um, which is a bit gutting because by that, by that point, I hadn't managed to apply to any colleges. It was too late. 
Uh, everyone had already got their acceptance letters and stuff. So by this point, I'm kind of looking at, right, I'm going to leave school. I've got no army to go to. I've got no college to go to. And with the government rules about, you know, how, what you're allowed to do, I knew I had to get an education somehow. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of like all working out how to get there. So that's when I got my job on the um, phones. The uh, sales job, I was selling, uh, claiming back your PPI. We've all had those. We've all had those phone calls, haven't we? <laughs> if you got one of those calls, it's probably from me or someone I work with. Um, we were calling 500 people a day, every day, and there's people in offices. There's, there must have been about 14, 15 offices, uh, all with maybe seven people in. Wow! Okay. Uh, and yeah, literally dialing out all day, every day. So it's 100 people, 500 calls on an auto dialer. So there's 50,000 outbound a day. And it's, it's that's ridiculous. managing to keep 100 people in a job. So someone's listening to you. You're getting someone's attention. Someone's buying from you because you stayed in the job. How long were you in the, that that job for? A few months. Okay. It, it wasn't that long. I got promoted. Uh, in the end, I got taken out of the uh, main sales job and put into more like a data entry kind of thing. More money. <laughs> and it paid for my uh, A-level. Perfect. Which kept me legal. Yeah. So it's all good. Nice stuff. So from there, what did you then move on to? From... What, the, from the data processing? Yeah, from the outbound calls, data processing, then what's the next part of your journey? Uh, well, I was listening to you guys. I was, uh, I was at work every day listening to you guys. How was, did you find the show? What, what was the thing that helped actually discover the start of the podcast? Um, well, one of the people there used to listen to podcasts and I used to think, ah, I've never listened to podcasts, ever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go. I'll have a look, you know, because why not sort of thing. And I thought, oh, I'll try some business podcasts. And a lot of them were, like I said, like I said to you before, it was sort of like oh yeah no this is how we did it we got there all sorted the ones i liked were the ones where they sort of tell the story it was guy raz uh, how i built this yeah yeah and and you get the founders on there and they're talking about how they started it you know they're almost kicked out of the company uh, they just about managed to raise some funding and then it became worth 20 30 billion pounds yep it's it's much more interesting um i know you guys listen to gary v a lot yep um but that wasn't the sort of thing I was into. I was much more into listening to people talking about their business, what they were doing, how they were getting there. Uh, whereas I gather he's more motivational, kind of like on the grind. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I found your podcast, I don't remember how I found it. It was, I think it was online. Just I can tell you. <laughs> let me just do this. I can tell you how you found it. Uh, <laughs> Harry's, Harry's doing the levels next to us for this part of the interview. Uh, and like a week ago we were top 19 business podcast in the world the world's a pretty big place so we are super proud of that and i just want to say thanks to the people that have reviewed the podcast humble brag um so you were probably browsing what is the what is the best business podcast and we just popped up <laughs> just, just saying just, <laughs> just saying, just saying <laughs> bro <laughs> yeah no it, well it, it probably was something like that but i was hooked straight away there's 200 but at the time there was about 100 and 80 maybe 190 so let me just dip, just very selfishly what is it because we always talk about like our artwork the fact there's 200 episodes is that overwhelming to people when they first like when you see that one hour artwork can you like visually remember what the startup diary artwork for the podcast looks like yeah it's with uh, I looked at it closely the uh, numbers in the bottom right hand corner don't add up <laughs> it's, a, it's a pie chart but the percentages are all off <laughs> Because we were making stuff up as we went along in the, in the, in the early days. Uh, by the way, I've never noticed that. That's pretty cool. Is he right, Harry? He's right. 10% is the largest. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, one, that's awesome. When you first looked into it and it was like 180 episodes, did that make you think, okay, this is a consistent show and I want to listen to it? Or did, well, I won't lead the witness. What did you think when you saw 180? <laughs> Um, I thought, oh, good, it means I've got something to get into. Because these days are long. You know, this is a proper, this is nine to five with half an hour for lunch. Okay. So it's like, you have to find something. And it gets to a point after six months where you get sick and tired of listening to either the radio or my Spotify daily mix. Yep. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, no, so it was good because it meant that I could, so although it wasn't as high quality <laughs> at the start as it was <laughs> later on, the quality did improve yeah, it did. <laughs> a lot. Not with content, but... The boy sounded like. <laughs> yeah. One, we've stopped doing the Fridays. We used to drink on, a, we used to basically at four o'clock on Friday, we used to drink and put the mics on. And that was, we missed those days actually. That was good fun. We we should spin that out into a separate show. <clears throat> um, yeah. But then the, I guess the audio quality and bits like that has just improved over time. Yeah. It, it sounded it sound a lot better as, as time went on. And I started to sort of burn through it a lot more. Okay. Um, and it was, because there are only, 20 minutes half an hour long yeah so you know over a day you can listen to quite a few episodes um yeah i forgot where we were <laughs> I, I, yeah i was just asking in terms of you you were actually quite excited to see there's a big back catalog of stuff that you can you can burn through so when you're listening to that show one thing that then happens is you drop me an email let's just go into that part of your your sort of story like why did you drop me an email and then what is the business that was on your mind at the time and and let's just go into how you set that up the process you went through because I think when people listen to this show they like with Guy Raz and how I built this is the reason that show is really interesting is because they they do explain that this thing is really hard to do it's not I had this idea I then took it to market and then all of a sudden as you like to say I'm on a beach with a MacBook Pro with a touch bar and that's where you run your business from. Like, that's very that's very rarely the case. Um, so let's go into what your business idea was and then how you sort of went through the, the motions of setting that up because this is what sort of... I read your sort of plan and then I saw your age and I was like, holy shit. Uh, and that was like a big hook for me. So like, just run me through your thought process of the business that you are thinking about running in the future, want to run or wherever that sits. Yeah, so um, I wanted to start a telecommunications company um, with the simple fact that all telecommunications companies are kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've ever dealt with Sky or Virgin, uh, you know what I'm talking about because it's just every, everything about their customer service is off. Uh, you might be able to get through to someone quickly, but they won't know what they're talking about. You'll get transferred to someone in the tech department who doesn't know what you've been talking about and then can't help you. If they do help you, like we had a problem the other day where they wanted to charge us 30, 30 quid, I think, to investigate it. Okay. It's no resolution. They didn't know what was wrong. So the biggest pain point you saw saw from telecoms was just the overall customer experience element to it. Yeah, so it one, how you, how you get signed up. is that? Did you see that as an issue in terms of how the whole sign-up process goes? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's quite a few different ways because obviously a lot of people get cold calls. Uh, and they'll say, oh, hi, how's your home braille band? Um, I knew a company, a small company in Hove uh, that did that. Did that. They, they call people up and then they just said, look, this is, uh, you know, this is, say, company. Yeah, <laughs> well played. <laughs> um, how's, your, how's your broadband? You know, what prices are you paying? I'll oh, we'll give you a cheap one. And then they basically, they, they took the customer, put them on the cheapest possible package that they could, that they could do. Yeah. Uh, and the customer experience kind of suffered. They, if, if if you knew the company they're talking about, then they've got quite poor reviews. I mean, we're talking two stars out of five. Um, you know, it, it's just not nice. So you, so 
fast forward, you then thought, okay, there's a telecoms, the way this thing works, tier one, tier two, tier three, you can then build a business that allows you to sell telecoms to to homeowners, but your key focus is delivering a great customer experience for the homeowner. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So um, the idea is you resell. And how old are you at this time when you think about this? Uh, that was 16 okay. at the time. Yeah. Um, and then it got to, it was, it was 17 where I actually started it because I'd had the company uh, so I could get an office because I told you before about housing in Brighton is pretty hard to find. Expensive, apparently. Incredibly expensive. Uh, you're looking at about 650 quid for a tiny studio. So, uh, yeah, no, so it's, it's not great. Um, so I already had the office and then when I turned 17, uh, a month later, I spoke to the, one of the guys at work that I was friends with and I said, look, I've had this idea, we can do it, but I need your help because I'm not over 18. I can't get a business bank account, can't do everything I need to do, I can't sign anything. Uh, and from there, he said yes and we just kind of did it. We knew we could resell to people. Yep. We knew we could sell because it had been done before. So when you say you know you can resell to people, is that because you've got experience of picking up the phone and selling the service? Yeah, and it's my business. Yeah, I know that I can push that. I want the money. <laughs> it, was, it, was, yeah. it was as simple as that. So um, I knew I'd be able to push it. Um, and from there, we just did it. Uh, I went I went to the bank with him. Uh, we sorted a business bank account. Uh, we got registered with Ofcom for the RID code, which allows us to resell products. Yep. Uh, we had a meeting with, well, I had a meeting with the um, the partner that we wanted to go with. Uh, the, <laughs> interestingly, it was the first partner that we went for uh, turned us down because they thought we were fraudulent. Okay. <laughs> Which I can see why <laughs> you're a 17-year-old yeah. trying yeah. to sell telecoms. Well, the reason they turned us down was because I told them that I didn't know whether or not my the other guy in the business with me lived with his parents. Okay, that's probably <laughs> like, oh, I've never known a business business partners that don't know whether or not they live at home or not. It's okay. like, well, I've never been to his house. <laughs> How would I know? <clears throat> um, yeah, no, so they, they turned us down because we were fraudulent, so we went to someone else. Uh, someone else sent down some people to the offices. At this point, we had two offices. Uh, this was all coming at my salary. So just on that, so I want to dig into that, is you are taking your salary from your day job and deploying every penny of that into your company. Basically. That's how it's being funded. yeah. yeah because you currently lived at home, no yeah. overheads, but rather than just sitting back and like making money and spending it on dumb shit, you're saying, actually, I want to build a business. Every single penny of that was going into the creation of your company. Yeah, apart from the 100 pounds for rent. Apart from <laughs> the 100 pounds for rent. God, yeah. can you, like, I know Harry's not in the mics, but can you can you remember what it was like to just pay like 40 pound a week board or 50 pound a week board? Yeah, I think mine was about that. Yeah, yours was. That's I'm, I know you're. I know you're bored. That's why I'm quoting it back to you. You told me like the days of only having 160 pounds a month worth of overheads when you're on a salary. God, those days were good. I'm still broke. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what Harry was doing, and it's a broken conversation because he's actually off the mics. What Harry was doing was having some fun. What Mitchell was doing was building a business. So let's let's jump back into that story compared to Harry. <laughs> So, Mitchell, you, you're deploying every penny back into the business. Yeah. Okay. Um, where, does, where does this thing fall over? Uh, it fell over after we had a meeting with the uh, network partner. Um, they had approved us. They said it was all good. Uh, we're all ready to go. Uh, they emailed me the contracts, and I took it to the business partner because it had a, uh, what's it called, a personal... Person. Guarantee. That's one, personal yep. guarantee. Uh, and obviously, I'm under 18, so I couldn't sign it. So 
I took it to him and I explained everything. I said, look, this personal guarantee, it can't, nothing can happen. It's going to be transferred over to me with the second I turn 18. Uh, it's not even valid. Even if everything does go wrong, it's not valid until after I turn 18 anyway. Yeah. Um, I do need your signature, but I, you know, it will be signed over to me. It's not an issue. Um, and the person was going to university and he wasn't up for it. So uh, by that point, it was kind of like desperate struggle to survive. It was like I had to kind of try to convince him that this was a good idea. Yeah, we can do it. It's going to transfer over to me, no problem. And it will pay off for both of us. Um, I failed. <laughs> so the business did too. Yep. So at that point, you can't get a signature. So you can't start this until you're officially 18. Then let's go into the second part of your story in terms of what I know. Then you start to do something that I just hugely respect. You're like, how else can I make some money? Yeah, so I by that point, I'd left my day job. Yeah. Um, I got a job at co-op <laughs> to just pay the bills until uh, this company started working. The idea being that I'd go to co-op, go off, call people, get money, and then just grow it. Yep. Um, so I was kind of left in a position where I, all I had left was my job at co-op. Uh, and it was kind of it was just it was just quite tiring because I didn't feel like the people there were being fair you know finding stuff that was weeks out of date when they're supposed to date check every day um, and then being told off because I was taking too long uh, but at this point you're fixing everyone else that's the thing we actually spent ages downstairs talking about this but yeah. you're actually like fixing other people's mistakes taking it to your manager and he's saying well you, you take twice as long and it's like, yeah, because no one else is doing my job properly. Yeah, and it's obviously it's kind of grinds on you. Yeah. Uh, day after day. Well, I say day after day. You know, every time you go in, it's it's the, it's the same thing. Uh, this people, was my first indication when I was speaking to you downstairs that you're actually unemployable. And that's an indication that... No, 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 it's a fact. Like, it's an indication that you're an entrepreneur. It's, <laughs> it's like salespeople are their own beasts because the way I think about salespeople is they technically work for themselves. Like that. They live and die on their own sword. So, but what it, what I'm saying on that front is it'd be very difficult for you to go and do a data, en- data entry job or a customer service role or whatever that looks like. And that was my my indication downstairs and sort of the reason we ended up here today is I was like, okay, this guy is unemployable. He's going to become an entrepreneur. He's got a whole load of hustle about him to make some money and he's clearly good at sales from the way that we we're talking. So what, that passing comment you made about co-op in terms of like, it's just like you were going above and beyond to try and do your job properly and you were getting frustrated at your, you could have just like done it what everyone else does. Like, okay, that's three weeks out of date, but I um, I clock off in 10 minutes and if I don't finish this line of all these aisles, my manager's gonna be angry. So I'd rather keep that idiot happy and just not do my job properly. That was a real big, weird, that phrase, that comment that you gave downstairs, that was an indicator to me that you're unemployable. So just an FYI, I actually think you're completely unemployable unless you're running your own business or doing sales. That's that's the Jeez. two buckets that I put you. <laughs> just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> Future employers, just so you know, this is Mitchell Fellingham. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> so from co-op, you get frustrated. Yeah, yeah. But you need to make some money. You need to feed yourself. You need to eat. So then what do you do? Um, so I, I walked out of my job halfway through. Uh, halfway through a shift, I gather they weren't too pleased by that. Uh, and then I was thinking, well, what can I do that doesn't require qualifications? Uh, I can get into it straight away pays quite well considering us on six pounds a co-op yep six pound 25 maybe yep that's an hour for everyone listening yep <laughs> so it, it wasn't not much. a day <laughs> <laughs> so um at that point it was just like well what can i do and i thought well i'll put out some adverts for cleaning 
uh, which I did on Gumtree. And uh, I got more responses than I was expecting. And the next day and the day after, it was literally eight till five. So you are replying to people in Brighton that need a house clean and you are rocking up with your nice yellow gloves. All of my own, yeah, my, my <laughs> nice, yeah, my nice polo. What are they called, Harry? What are those yellow gloves called? Marigolds. marigolds is what I was looking for. <laughs> your nice marigolds, and you're going out. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember that was the word. You're going out cleaning houses. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I I did that quite quite for a little bit. Yeah. Um. I was supposed to be doing it with someone else. I I said to them, you know, should we do this together? Because I knew he didn't have a job. He'd left his college, so he was free. Um. And. But I was essentially doing it on my own because he was never available. Yeah. So at that point, it was there was more jobs coming in that I felt that I could do because it's actually surprisingly tough work cleaning. Uh, I never thought I'd done some cleaning at home, but nothing, nothing <laughs> like that. Yeah. When you're getting paid for it, there's a certain level that you need to deliver on, which, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. And, and But just on that note for the guys listening to this show is like what, what Mitchell did here was he thought, okay, I need some cash. How can I make some cash? What's the lowest barrier to entry job? I can clean. He put up an advert and people called him. He went round, cleaned and got paid. Like for people that are there trying to make this complex thing of how do you start a business? How do I how do I get an advertising campaign going? Gumtree. This is literally, that was his route to market. You literally put an advert on Gumtree and that generated leads that put cash in your pocket. So that's just my thing that I just want to drive home and is it's not that complicated. You just got to do stuff. Would you agree? Yeah, you don't need to increase minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So um, at that point, it was just, it was getting quite busy. Uh, there was quite a lot of calls coming in. So I thought oh, I, I could sit back and relax a little bit more now if I could find some other people to do it. Uh, and that was where I kind of took it more professionally than I had before. Before it was just me rocking up, you know, my yeah. polo and my shorts. Saying, oh, sorry, I, I left. I, I, it was too hot because it's the summer. So I had to leave my work clothes behind. You know? Yeah. So, um <laughs> At that point, I kind of took it more professional. I had a little bit of saving from uh, what I'd done before. Uh, I had a few hundred quid. So I basically went on Indeed, found some people that had really good experience. We mm-hmm. found uh, uh, two partners, a uh, boy and a girl, that were they'd worked together in university cleaning, university housing cleaning. Uh, yeah, properly. Yeah, that, that sounds grimy. Hell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we had specialists in deep cleaning uh, and then we had another girl who had a lot of experience in hotels uh, and Airbnbs and things like that so she was she was a specialist in sort of you know making things look pretty mm-hmm. uh, you know making beds look nice so from there once these guys come on I made I, you know I didn't make any kind of I, I didn't hide anything from them I told them look there's not going to be that much work yep but I'll be able to give you something. They're all happy with it. They're all able to take on jobs elsewhere yeah. and then just accept. Like for- flexible contractors, like, listen, I've got your contact details. When jobs come in, I'm going to pass it to you, but this is not a full-time gig for you. Go and make sure that you've got other contracts in place to like fill your diaries up, but I will pass you this filler work. Question, exactly. for this, you need insurance. Are yeah. you insured? Yeah. Cool. And it costs a fortune. 
<laughs> okay, cool. Um, so that's your public liability insurance, yeah? Yeah, and employers. employers oh, you work for employers as well? Okay. Employers liability, yeah, because they're all on payroll. So, oh, okay, okay. It was, so they were on payroll. We just sort of texted them and then paid them for the hours they did. Um, but because these guys are used to working sort of six quid, seven quid, mm-hmm. um, it was nice for them to be able to accept jobs that were eight pounds and they could usually find people to cover shifts if they're so you, working. So you're paying eight pounds. What are you putting in your back pocket? Two pounds per hour. Cool. So you're making 20% margin by just becoming this platform that facilitates. Lead comes in, you pass to your contractor, they do the work, you take 20%. Exactly. I yeah. like it. Cool. Yeah. So it was, it was a way for me to sort of step back a bit from the from the actual cleaning but why is that because you're lazy or because you wanted to do something else i wanted to do something else okay and because i'm lazy <laughs> it's a mixture of both really because uh i wasn't i knew i wasn't that good at cleaning anyway yeah i kind of feel like we can as a company we can give more value to the customers if we give them people that have you know a years and experience in cleaning hotels that's they're going to be better at doing that than i am so at this point it was like okay i can step back let these people take over uh, and then it was getting to the point where, actually, I'm starting to run out of money. <laughs> yep. yeah, it's that that twenty percent. That's all right, but you need to be doing a lot of volume. Yeah, you need to be doing a lot of volume. We just weren't at that stage where we were making so much money hand over fist that I yep. could just sit back and sleep happily. So by this point, you know, I'm, I need still need to pay for my my rent at home. Still need to pay my phone bill. So. I had to find a job. Yep. So we, I really, like I said, let them take over. Uh, I took someone else, the guy that I'd originally, I was originally going to do it with. Uh, he's taken over the sort of scheduling. Uh, I've created a new process so that he can book and cleans properly. We have like a calendar set up, basically your app, <laughs> but in a more sort of spreadsheety kind of way. Okay, cool. Seeing where you went with that. If you basically your app but better in a Google Sheet is what I thought you were gonna say. Like, there's a door, Mitchell. Um, get it out. You should get our app. You should literally get our app. You should you, we'll give you the license for all your cleaners to do the quotes and invoices, send it in, take it free of charge. Like, cool. New app comes out. Beta test today about eight minutes ago. So shameless yeah. plug. Take that sh- shameless plug always. Some salesman, mate. Uh, so you go and get yourself a job, you apply for the job. At what point in this journey did you email me? At HSBC, we understand how important it is for businesses to keep pace with technology. That's why we've brought together some of the world's leading minds to ask how we can use tech to create a more sustainable future. I think everybody cares about sustainability these days. It is just the number one priority for businesses and their employees and for consumers. Watch our full video series at business.hsbc.com forward slash tech. HSBC. Together. We thrive. Looking for the best gifts for everyone on your list? Kendra Scott has just what you need. Find jewelry for every style at an affordable price. From diamonds and genuine stones to the season's best trends, Kendra Scott Jewelry is a gift that's sure to wow. You might even find a few things for yourself. Shop now at KendraScott.com and enjoy 15% off your order with code JOY15. Tis the season to give joy. Um, it was after I'd applied, I think. I can't quite remember now. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. You email me, we go backwards and forwards, and then you drop me a line, which is, I want to come and see like what a business looks like. Because I think what from the way that I understood the question was, I've been in this, I've been in this like call center space. I've sort of built a business from like the zero to 10, 12 people. And you wanted to just get a flavor for like what that looks like, how the staff operate, 
just the general coming to an office and what does it look and feel is that right yeah for a business that's making money has raised money yep the kind of what it looks like because i'm used to seeing you know great big massive office filled with people whereas this is a lot more flexible more agile you know you come in there's people working happily plugging away i mean we got in harry was here at seven in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> which is imagine so some other big company trying to ask their staff to come in for seven o'clock. It's just not going to happen. No. <laughs> so don't tell Harry that. It's the best. So let's just go into that. So you come up, I don't know, like two weeks ago, it must be something like that. Um, where do you travel up from? Uh, well, I came up from Brighton to Nottingham. Yeah. I was staying with my girlfriend's family uh, and then I got on the train, came down here. We had two hours. Yeah. Uh, and got some drinks. Got some drinks. Energy drinks, by the way, people. I was not, I was, I was not taxing <laughs> him up on alcohol at midday. Uh, that will come in the future. Um, when he turns 18, by the way, don't arrest me. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Harry's like, Jesus Christ, Adam. When, it, when Harry's not on the mics. <laughs> edit, edit. Um, so you come up and firstly, you meet me and Harry. We go through your backstory, the stuff that we just covered off. And the bit that goes before me and you talking is basically going to be me and Harry talking about what we thought when you first came up. So we won't, I won't bore you with that stuff now. What did you think when you came up the first time? About? That me, the company, Harry, the whatever. What, what was going through your head when you first like went, it's Mitchell, I'm here. Like, what, And then from there, what did you think? Wow, he looks different to what I imagine. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Uh, yeah, check, no. check out our Instagram. Bro. <laughs> you can strong, strong handshake. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you're full of energy. I, I came in and it was it was amazing. You sort of like run down the steps, just like, oh, hi, bud, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that Some one? might say too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So it was, you know, and, and we sat down and talked, and you were helping me out with the things that I was asking you. Um, it's almost like it's almost charitable. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, giving me your time. Um, and then going upstairs, walking in, meeting everyone, uh, all sort of tapping away. Like you had um, Matt, for, for, yeah, Matt, Matt in, in the, the corner, corner, who literally, like, you caught him on his worst day. I was like, oh, this is Mitchell. He's one of the podcast listeners. He's here to just see the business for the day. And he literally looked up and went, hi. And went straight back to his <laughs> like, I've never seen Matt like that before. He was, just having a, he was having a tough day, Mr. Ford was. In terms of like the time downstairs, the thing that I remember most is one, just your degree of honesty. Like you just came up and there was no BS. There was no fluff. It was just cards on table. Here's where I'm at. And because I got that sense in your email, like, don't get me wrong. We get loads of emails in terms of like, can I get some time? And we probably replied to like one in 10 because normally what it is, it's like nine out of 10 people are just trying to selfishly use the platform to promote or get access the key thing is that when you emailed us and we met you downstairs and what we went away with is like, you're just a super honest guy who just wants to be successful. And that's the reason that we sort of do this show is like, I've made, and I'm like, we're far from making it as a company, far from making it, but I've made loads of mistakes. And if I can help someone who listened to the show, do what I've done in five years in 12 months, which is possible because I made loads of mistakes along the way. That's when, when you came downstairs, I was like, that's the sort of attitude that I came into it with. And don't get me wrong, we won't get into the details, but I had to challenge you on some of your assumptions about the business and, and really go into that. It wasn't in terms of you come up here, I'm going to pat you on the back and say, well done. It was, if you're here, I want to be able to actually give you some value for the time. So I think we actually turned the whole thing on its head at one point. And then I made a passing comment, semi-passing comment. I knew what I was doing because I, I knew what I was planting. And... I said, like, if you live local, I would give him a job. And that's because I saw a lot of myself in you in terms of 
the similarities of the background, the army, the sales, just the drive to just build something yourself. Like I'm completely unemployable. Like if expert trades does not work out, I have zero clue what I will ever do because no one's going to give me a job. I just won't tolerate it. I'm going to be real. I'll have to do like some consulting, start a video creation company with Harry. I'll sell stuff. You make stuff. Sounds like a plan, Harry. He's doing it. Makers and sellers, <laughs> as I always like to say. Um, so I made, I made that passing comment. You came up, you, went, you then went home. And then, then what did you do? I sent you an email. What did you say? I said, are you serious? <laughs> That's basically what he said. He was like, that, that comment obviously stuck with you. And like every comment has a, re- like I say stuff with purpose. I don't BS. There's, there's genuine thought behind it. And the fact of the matter is, if you did live local, I'd give you a job. And where we are as a company, what we're looking to do is increase our outbound efforts. Because at the moment, we've got a nice profitable business, turn a profit this financial year, all good. Referral work is fantastic, but there's a limit to the amount of work that you can there's a limit to the size of the company you can build at the rate that we want to build a company if it's just in, inbound and just referral. And the fact of the matter is if I sit on the phone trying to sell websites, trying to sell office packages, I could sit on the phone all day, sell one or two websites, but that doesn't feed the machine. Like I need to be out closing five-figure deals to keep this business running. And what I saw in you is just a guy that, because you actually sent me the maths behind it. It's like, listen, I know your website service. I know what you do. There's this many thousand trades. All I have to do is sell this many a day and it actually works out more profitable for me. And I like that about what you said in that email. It's, it's, this actually works out better for me, Adam, if I take this job with you and sell your service and sell, it was like 1.07 websites a day, whatever the number was. And then we spoke, we went backwards and forwards. What was going through your head at this point because you've kind of got this job? Like, Be very selfish now. When you dropped me that email, what was your intentions behind it? Was it purely you think you can make more money or was there something else behind you wanting to get more involved in what we do? I love what you guys do in a small business. Um, the other job I got, as you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say names of businesses, but it's a large, large <laughs> company um, doing not that interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite well, involved in insurance. <laughs> Need I say more? Um, so... It's kind of do I legally. Wanna... I wouldn't say it, but but generally, you'd be allowed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Damn right. Um, <laughs> Sky <out> myself. <laughs> yeah. No. So. Um, yeah. Don't, don't take legal advice from Adam. <laughs> <laughs> He's generally right. <laughs> I was just giving a, a head shake at this point. Some of this might not get into the show, but we'll find out. We'll give it a listen. So yeah, talk to me about that. What was your thought process? I really want to know. Um, I've been waiting to really ask you this on the mics, to be honest. So I thought, right, do I want to be a part of a company where I'm going to be staying at home? Um, I'm going to be going to work every day, doing, like you said before, the bare minimum for, <laughs> you know, to get paid. And well, let, yeah, home. let me just explain that because we had this conversation in the car, not on the mics. Is one thing that pisses me off about companies. Like when I go into businesses, there's this weird dynamic that takes place in the business where someone pays you just enough that you go to work. And when you, so they pay you just enough so you go to work and do the job. But then the the person that has the job goes into work and does just enough work that they don't get fired. And there's this weird imbalance of like motivation, energy, no one's happy, but there's this like standoff, which is like, I'll pay you just this because I know you need it and you're coming to work. And then you go into work and go, okay, fine. I'll do just this amount of work so I don't get fired. And that's the sort of thing which I hate in businesses. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so it was kind of a choice for me. Do I go with this large kind of, you know, this typical faceless corporation kind of <laughs> enormous business? Um, do 
a set job for a set amount of money it is guaranteed money yep or do i go and try this out you know what what's the worst that could happen so it was kind of like I have the opportunity now to decide whether or not I go and join this company where yep. I potentially I could work from home. Um, I could be making more money than I could make otherwise. I'm fairly confident in my ability to do so. So what do I what what do I really want to do? Do I want to go and speak to these trade professionals or do I want to go and find people? Yep. And but just on that, and I won't go into the details of the job. But if you were doing this job for that company and it was a sales role, I probably would have shut my mouth. But my biggest fear for you is that you go into it. You're a salesperson at heart. I've spent a good few hours with you, probably a, a fair few hours with you now, including like yesterday and the day before and over email. Like you're a salesperson. And I think when a salesperson gets into a job, which basically looks like customer service, it's just going to sap the energy out of you. Like anything that you do, whether you leave today and you're like, not for me, I want to go and do something else. If you're a salesman at heart, you need to play to your strengths, which means any job you need to go into, it, it can't have a cap. There needs to be unlimited upside. The harder you work, the more you get paid. Because as you said earlier, you want the money. And that is completely, that's the attitude I want from every salesperson. A salesperson needs to be hungry for the money. Simple as that. So when you said to me that you're going into that, that felt to me like you're being like, it's like putting a puppy in a cage. Like you just don't do it because you just can't get, you, you need to be like running with the ball, selling. And I was like, as soon as you said that, Harry's like squinting at that analogy. He doesn't like it. But I'm trying to get the point across. Balls. I know. Yeah, it just, it just flowed. I'm sorry. Are they throwing the ball? They're throwing. They're, I don't know, Harry. I don't know. I need some coffee. I need some coffee. When you said you're doing a customer service role, I was like, you can't, you can't do a customer service role. And I didn't have an answer for you at that point. I was just like, please, if you need to do it for three months, fine. Do it. Get yourself paid. And I respect that. But please, for the love of God, find some company that it's the harder the work, the more you get paid. If you do a poor job, you die on your own sword. Because as you said, you've got the confidence, your own ability, and that came through. Uh, and you, by the way, you sold me. Like when you came up here, I went in and I was like, holy shit, like guys, like this guy. And I even said to these guys, if he live local, he'd be on the phone for me tomorrow. And then you emailed me, remember that? Uh, and, then, uh, and then you emailed me, I was like, oh, this is unfolding. So you email me, which is, were you serious? I say yes. I say, well, let's give this a shot. So then yesterday, the key thing is for me, as you know, as we spoke about yesterday's culture, I want, and it's also respecting people's roles within my business, is because you're selling Matthew Ford's service and he's the manager of that team, there's no point in me giving him as a manager's position if I don't respect it and give him autonomy to actually do his job. So I actually went into Matt and I was like, Just come and sit down, let me explain the situation to you. He wants to be able to scale his service because he wants to add more people into his team, sell more websites. He has more people. His role grows. He has a general fear of bringing people in to sell his service because he's so customer service centric. He's the he's the best. Like honest to God, inbound inquiry, give it to Matt. He'll make them feel so warm and fuzzy. They'll write a positive review and name him by name. You read our reviews on tooltalk.com, hit expert trades, hit website package, and you just search for Matthew Ford. He's like, his name is in like 60% of the reviews because he does that good of a job. But I had to basically say to Matt, I had to sell it to Matt. I had to sell you to Matt the idea of giving you a try. And then I, let, I literally, as I spoke to you on the phone, I said, it's in Matt's court right now because he's, he's, he's a manager in my company. And if I, if I undermine him, he just won't respect me. And then what did we set? We set you a task, didn't we? Yeah, phone call. Yeah. yeah, so you had to jump on the phone with Mr. Ford. How did that go? Quite well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the minute I kind of like started speaking to him, it was like we got along really well. Um, 
I'd already done some research beforehand. It was like more on, us, on, on the service. Yeah, you yeah, had yeah, like yeah. 24 hours notice, which was like, go and learn. Here's, <laughs> here's three links. Here's one PDF. Go and learn. Yeah. Because I, I told Matt, I said, he's, I said he's not just a sales guy. He's smart. I said, and if you throw all this information at him, he'll be able to digest it and then recite it back to you in a way that is in a sales format. That, that was what I tasked. And Matt was like, he's ain't going to learn shit in 24 hours. Then you did. So you picked up the phone, spoke to Matt. That call went well for you. Matt called me up after the phone. <laughs> after you called him, he then called me up. And I know I'm swearing a little on a show today, but he was like, for fuck's sake, Adam. I'm like, what? Like, Matt's never like this. His next words out of his mouth were, he charmed the socks off me. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, that's a win. So then I was like, does that mean you're in? He was like, I'm in. What's next? So we invited you up. I wanted you to meet the rest of the team, understand the product and service. So yesterday we put you on a train. You came up, you spent the afternoon with Matt. How was that? It was nice. It was nice to sort of meet him in person. <laughs> it was nice to meet him in person and go over what we'd already spoken about. Um, we were just... It was it, we were just getting along, so it's it's like speaking to a to a friend, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've never spoken to him before, really, apart from that phone call. But we were just sitting here talking about it, learning about it. Spoke to uh, Danny as well. Yep. Um, yeah. What do you think of my team? Because I wasn't in. I wasn't in for a reason as well. What I didn't want to do is come in and handhold you through this because Matt's the person that you can have a lot of interaction with. I'm going to drive you hard for sales, uh, but Matt's the person's at the product that you sell. And what do you generally think of the expert trades team? And like, don't BS me. Just be straight. When you come into the office, what do you think of us as a company? Working hard. Um, just every everyone was working with their heads down. Uh, Edie's on the phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and when she's not, she's asking... Harry to do something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, and, and they're also friendly as well. Like I was in here, uh, I was just on my MacBook because at the time we didn't have anything. It was just before my meeting with um, with Fordy. So I'm just sort of, I, I was just sort of sitting in here and I was like, oh, does anyone want a muffin? <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, oh, I'm trying to be healthy. And I was like, yeah, but it's a blueberry muffin. <laughs> One of you five a day. One of you five a day. So cult- culture-wise here, obviously, like these guys are hardworking. What do you think of the culture we've got here? Because like, I'm really it's... interested to hear when people come in and they spend a few hours with the team, what do they think? Yeah, well, bearing in mind, I came from a PPI company. Fair point. <laughs> the, um, the, the, cult- the culture is completely different to anything I'm used to. It's, it's more like a classroom than it is yeah. to an actual workplace. But... It's um, it's a money making classroom. Exactly. Yeah, we try and make some money. The key thing is, from my side of things, is I've tried to build a company that I would want to work for, and I think anyone listening to the show. And one thing that I tried to explain to you, and this is a bit of a throwback to the first time you came up, is there's so many people that think a business has to run a certain way. Like you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to wear a like manager needs to wear a suit and tie. Like you need an office to run. Like all this stuff is just this generalists speak about business and the fact of the matter is is if you're building your own business you can do anything you want like absolutely anything you want and that comes down to how you run your team the culture that you do the hours that you operate the flexibility you give the staff as long as i know what makes people tick in my business i can then build a system that keeps people happy and that's why you see like people coming in early and staying late because i've hired the right people that believe in the mission and we we treat each other like family here that's generally how i see stuff you nodding? Yeah. Cool. Harry agrees. And is that something that came across? Yeah. And um, you also offer them enough Nando's just to keep them interested. I, I, I offer them just the right <laughs> amount of Nando's. Harry's buying into Nando's right now. He, he appreciates <laughs> it. 
So just to set the scene for people that are listening, you've currently got a job offer from a company. You are going to that job. But right now you are saying you can successfully sell my service and make more money. Selfishly for you, you can sell my service successfully and make more money. So we're basically saying come up to the team, meet the team, get some product knowledge, spend a day in our office, just get a feel for it, speak to some tradespeople, and then you're going to go away back. You've got your own setup. Impress me just how much you know about this space, obviously, because you've done it for your own company. Um, and you're just going to basically just run it for a couple of weeks and prove yourself. And then from there, we'll end up sitting down and negotiating what a full-term contract looks like. Just thrash it out. Is that a good summary? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just thrash it out, mate. Does that sound like a fair summary of where we are? Where we are? Yeah. If yeah. someone's listening to this show, what's the best piece of advice that one you've taken from the show and two from what you've learned so far? Because you are an entrepreneur and I want to, I want you to think. Of, and by the way, if you want to think and then talk, he can take out the pause. So what I want to know is what's the biggest thing you've learned from the show or from meeting me and Harry? And secondly, what's the biggest piece of advice you can give listening to the show as an entrepreneur yourself? Um, I think what I got from the show was quit your job. Because even, <laughs> even though... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Maybe not for not for everyone, but if you if you want to do it, then just do it. Because for me so far, it hasn't worked out. But I'm in a better place now than I was before. Um, regardless of what happens here, there's a guaranteed job that's paying more than I was on before. Yep. Um, if if I'm gonna do well here, there's a, there's a guaranteed job here that's paying more. Yep. I'm in a better place than I was before because I took that step, and I took that step because I was listening to the show. And it kind of worked out for you, like you say, you left your work, you started out on your own, you did your own thing, it worked out. Yeah, but just just so everyone's listening, it's clear, the same as your journey might not go to plan for the next 12 months, it might not. You might get punched in the face a lot by businesses and market and sales. The key thing for me is my my worst day running a business myself is better than my best day working for someone else. And if you take that approach and you actually, and the key thing that I wanted to drive home for you is you had this arbitrary goal of X amount on paper by this age. And it resonated with me because that's what I had. I wanted to be mortgage free by the time that I'm 30. And when I turned to 28, I was like, there's actually a chance that I do that if I make some poor decisions, if I decide to make some poor decisions as a company owner. And one thing I just wanted to drive home and I wanted to get on the mics today is don't make these milestones because it forces you to make decisions if you stick to them, it will force you to make decisions that you'll regret later on. So what you've just said was a perfect lineup for me in terms of it's, it's going to sound so cliche and so cheesy, but like generally enjoy the process of building compared to what the end goal is. Like you're, you don't know, and I'm happy to put this on the mics and if you want me to take it out, well, right now you don't know the big business that you want to build. No. So I said, you're a salesman. I said, use me, use everyone, get yourself £50,000 in the bank in the next 24 months and then work it out and invest in yourself. And that's that's the, the piece of advice that I think I gave you last time you came up. I still find that true. Whether you use expert trades as a stepping stone for three months, you get some money, you get a better job, you go on and some more money elsewhere. I'll respect that completely. I just think you need £50,000 in the bank in the next 24 months. And during that period, taste everything that you can and then work out what is the big business you want to do. So that's what you learned from the show. As an entrepreneur, so far, what's the biggest lesson that you want to give the listeners? If you can do it yourself, then just do it. Because everything that's gone wrong with my business so far has been because the single point of failure is that I gave that to someone else. Like, do things, obviously, you know, giving stuff to other people to do is fine but when it comes to the big critical things 
if you can avoid it, don't trust someone else to work in the best interest of your business. For me, in, in terms of, you know, I relied on someone else to sign that contract. The understanding that I thought I had was that they were going to do that. And that was the end of my telecommunications business because I gave that, that, that crucial part wasn't clearly enough explained from the start. And that wasted a hell of a lot of my time and money, months of working. And, you know, it's, and it's not just the nine to five I'm, that I'm wasting at that point. It's all the time I'm spending on the business as well. Yeah. You know, all of the opportunities that I could be looking at. So it's kind of like, you know, know what you can do. And at that point, it probably would have been a lot smarter for me to start with the cleaning business. Um, because that I can control. I can control every part, every like big part of that that can cause that to fail. I can control that. But when it comes to a big, a big contract, mm-hmm. if you, if, if for me, when I was just starting out, it didn't make sense for me to give that to someone else, especially when he wasn't as, in, he didn't have as much of an interest in the business succeeding as I did. So, so f- from what I'm hearing is, firstly, just on the last point that you just said, is you're ludicrous if you ever think this isn't at you, the listeners. If you bring anyone into your business, anyone, they are never going to care as much about your business as you do. Simple as that. And from what I'm hearing, it's if your business can fail because you're building it on, I'm going to say someone else's land, as in you need someone else's permission, you're saying the biggest lesson you take away right now is you would never start a business that relies on someone else to make a decision. It's either if you can make the decision, you can then you are the point of success and failure for the business and that will help you sleep at night. If you are good, you will win. If you are bad, you will lose and you can't blame anyone else for it. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Exactly, yeah. Cool. Mitchell, anything else you want to say? <laughs> not, not like I can think of off the top of my head, no. Cool, man. I hugely appreciate you coming up. This is exciting for me. Um, guys, this is just... I'm just going to wrap this up for the listeners of the show. This what, Harry, episode, what is take action or unsubscribe? One, one, uh, two, one, eight. Guys, if you are listening to this show, go back and listen to episode 218, where we basically tell people, if you are not taking action after you listen to podcasts like this, then you are just wasting your time. So hit unsubscribe and go and listen to something else. Mitchell is a perfect example of taking action, dropping me an email, coming to meet the team. Just like having an idea and doing the work and it's amazing what comes out of it. And selfishly, I'm interested in see how this goes because Mitchell might come in and help me scale my business and help me scale my website sales team. That is hugely interesting for me. And this is the sort of stuff that happens when you actually pick up the phone, send an email, get in contact, stop making excuses and do the damn work that you're thinking about doing. Just go and do it now. Listen to 218. Guys, if you've got any questions, fire it in to Harrison at experttrades.com. By the way, Mitchell, this is where you say two t's T's in the middle middle. one s at the end yes mate (laughs) guys send your questions in harrisonexpertrades.com and if you're not following us on instagram yet go and listen go and follow us on startup podcast where you can see some of the creative that harry is making for the show which is helping us grow the audience and i'm super excited to announce that harry is launching his own youtube channel in the next four weeks stay tuned for that he did a little hand thing on that it'll be live next four weeks weeks, it'll be done mitchell That's what I'm saying. Like from this, it gives you six weeks. Mitchell, thank you very much for being on the show, mate. Thanks, Adam.
Looking for the best gifts for everyone on your list? Kendra Scott has just what you need. Find jewelry for every style at an affordable price. From diamonds and genuine stones to the season's best trends, Kendra Scott Jewelry is a gift that's sure to wow. You might even find a few things for yourself. Shop now at KendraScott.com and enjoy 15% off your order with code JOY15. Tis the season to give joy.